0: This book is not good for you. Chapter 14, Book 3, Secret Series by Peyton. Who's it by? Say it louder. Pseudonymous. pseudonymous Bosch. She's waking up, you guys. Chapter 14, Cranberry Juice. When Cass entered the house, it was quiet inside, so quiet that she heard the ticking of the clock in the entry hall and the whistle of the train half a mile away. She'd intended to stay only five minutes long, long enough for Max Ernest and Yo-Yoji to get out safely out of sight. Then she would leave for Senor Hugo's restaurant. She knew immediately that she wouldn't be... She knew immediately that wouldn't be necessary. The vase that she'd left by the front door was still intact. None of her alarm system had been, tr- had been triggered. There was no sign of a break-in whatsoever. But here, she could feel it. She'd, lo- she'd turned the corner and looked into the kitchen. Hello, Cassandra. Senior Hugo was sitting at the kitchen table just as comfor- comfortably as he'd been invited. He was tuned into her face and Cass could see her-, her reflection in his dark glasses. Uncountably, she was not afraid. Hello, Senior Hugo. I have it. You want it? what you wanted i know she did not ask how he knew she didn't even ask how he got into her house with a surprising calm she took the tuning fork out of her back backpack and set it on the table in front of him the ancient object looked sorely out of place in a yellow formica the blind chef showed no reaction i just put it in front of you now where's my mom first let's make sure it's real fetch me a glass of water Trying not to let her impatience get the better of her, Cass went to the sink and rinsed the milk out of a glass. "'You know, the tuning fork is very dangerous,' she said, returning to the glass. "'You really shouldn't use it.' "'Thank you for the warning,' said Hugo, with more than a hint of whatever Max Ernest would have recognized as sarcasm. "'Now sit down.' Frowning with the concentration, he picked up the tuning fork and experimentally dipped it into the water. When he recoiled his hand... He rolled. Then he rolled. He rolled his hand, handle of the tuning. He rolled the hand of the tuning fork between his palms so that the, cause the prongs twice rotated back and forth, as Cass watched in astonishment from across the table. The water clouded, fizzled, foamed, and turned ruby red. A ghostly smile filtered across Señor Hugo's lips. Is it wine or blood? asked Cass nervously. Cranberry juice. Beautiful, isn't it? Uh-huh. Cass stared at him, realizing the implications of what he'd just said. I knew you could see it. I knew you could see. Señor Hugo nodded, removing his sunglasses. You know what they say among the blind? He paused. One eye one eye his left dull and lifeless. The other stared directly at Cass. The one eyed, the one eyed is king. He finished his sentence. Cass froze. Now she was scared. I tr- uh, I trust my secret is safe with you, as long as you give me my mother back. She managed to say. I think you mean as long as I don't don't give you back your mother. She's my collateral after all. But you promised. I also said that you'd never see her again if you told your friends. I didn't. I mean, I didn't tell them about you. They just thought we were finding the tuning fork for, she stammered, for the Turkish Society. You're splitting hairs. Cass Cass turned a shade paler. How do you know about that? How do you think he clenched and ungloved his hand and unclenched his glove Fist in demonstration, you're in the midnight sun, asked Cass, full of the full horror sinking in. Senior Hugo laughed. Dr. Elemis Mavius told me to watch out for you. They said that you're smart. They said that I that they overestimated you. I think they overestimated you. The chef stood up, slipping the tuning fork into his satchel. Relax, Cassandra. Your mother's safe for the moment. She's worth more than us, more to us alive as insurance. In fact, I seem to remember her saying that she's working in the insurance industry. How ironic. As he walked out, he turned over his shoulder. I wouldn't try that cranberry juice if I were you. Like you said, it's very dangerous. The front door closed behind him. Cassandra slouched in her chair, drowning in despair. She'd been betrayed by the Turkish society, blackmailed her principal. She had betrayed the Turkish society, blackmailed her school principal, lied to her friends, Put a curse on the object with the unlimited power. Put a cursed object with unlimited power in the hands of a midnight sun. And she hadn't even succeeded with getting it, getting back her mother. For the first time in her life, Cass the survivalist felt very little will to survive. She stared at the glass of cranberry juice in front of her. If cranberry, if it was cranberry juice, why not? She thought. What could happen if it was worse than what already happened? She had no doubt that the juice would taste extraordinary. If it killed her, at least her last sip would be memorable. Slowly and deliberately she stood up and picked up the glass and marched back to the sink and poured it. The red liquid splashed angrily against the white porcelain. It circled the drain several times as if Cass, if it was last Cass's last chance to stick her finger in it and taste it. But when it finally went down, the liquid left no trace, as if it had only been water all along. A heavy sigh, Cass turned and walked over to the kitchen phone. She had a friend to visit, a mother to save. Uh Uh-oh. Peyton. Okay, you keep falling asleep and you gotta wake up, kiddo. Peyton, it's time to be wakey-wakey. All right, chapter 15, let's go.